Are you feeling stuck in a career rut? Do you feel like you've lost the passion you once had for your career or your job? Are you getting bogged down in the daily grind and feel like there must be more to life? If so, join me, Jen Swanson, for an honest discussion about career burnout and how to reclaim your purpose, rediscover your passions, and bring more joy to the next phase of your life. In this short series, we'll explore strategies for overcoming career burnout and how to find meaning and fulfillment in your professional life. We'll discuss the importance of taking risks, developing healthy habits, and how to stay inspired in the face of adversity. We'll also discuss how to create a life of balance, passion, and purpose so that you can feel re-energized and excited about the future. Please note I am not a medical professional and this podcast is in no way intended to replace medical advice. If you are suffering from burnout, anxiety, or depression, please contact your healthcare provider for your best treatment options. If you are worried you are headed towards burnout but aren't all the way there yet, however, stay tuned and let's get you turned around and headed in the right direction right now. As human beings, we all go through different phases in our lives, or you might call them seasons, if you prefer. We begin with infancy, childhood, adolescence and teenage years, young adulthood, middle age, and on into what some call old age or elderhood, or our legacy years, which sounds a bit better to me. That time when we qualify for seniors' discounts at the drugstore. So what then is the second half of life? What does that mean? What does it entail and how can we prepare ourselves for it? That's what I'm going to try to answer in this episode, among other things. Welcome back to this podcast called Career Burnout, How to Live the Second Half of Your Life with Purpose, Episode 4. I'm Jen Swanson, and I am delighted that you are joining me in this exploration of career burnout, and hopefully you've listened to the first three episodes in this series and haven't just skipped to this one, because I really do think you need to understand what burnout is before you can start to dream about what is possible next. You need to locate yourself first before you can make an appropriate plan to go forward. And so my hope is that you have a better sense of where you are as far as career burnout goes by this point, having listened to those three episodes, and that now you are located and we can talk about next steps. We're going to talk about the concept of the second half of life, about exploring new ideas, interests, passions. We'll talk about giving back as a way to get your life back. And we're going to talk about risk too. And I'm going to give you a little challenge as homework towards the end. But before I get into that, if you have not yet downloaded your free 10-page guidebook called Living with Purpose, a step-by-step guide, Well, what are you waiting for? (laughs) It's absolutely free and it's full of good questions to help you in this very subject. So pause the show, head over to careersbygen.com forward slash purpose and get it today and then come on back so we can get on with today's show. What is the second half of life? Well, I want to begin by saying there's no exact number 
that indicates when the second half of life begins. Because firstly, it's subjective. And secondly, it's more of a state of mind, I think, than a particular age marker. So don't get hung up on numbers here. You might find you're here in your 40s or in your 50s or not until much later, or you might be here much earlier. I have a friend and a colleague who is retiring soon, but she doesn't want to call it retiring. So she's calling it redirecting instead after a long career in one vocation. And I'm very interested to see what it is that she redirects to for her second half. What's fairly common in the second half, whether still working and planning to for many years yet, or looking forward to redirecting, is that those who come to their second half have reached a certain level of stability in life in most cases. Often they've established careers, had a significant relationship or a few, raised families maybe, acquired things, traveled places, built up social networks, and and more. Typically there's some financial stability too, although that's not always the case. The second half of life is also a time of significant change as we begin to address issues like aging, mortality, and the meaning of our existence. <laughs> Getting serious here. Uh, many of us do find ourselves caregiving for elderly parents or becoming grandparents ourselves. There's a shift sometimes in the second half. I heard of a couple who were discussing downsizing their rather vast book collection. And one of the women, let's call her Ellie, was a collector and had a real struggle with letting go of any of her books because she said, I might read that book again one day. And, and her partner, let's just call her Monica, who had an easier time of letting things go and was actually wanting to let a lot of things go, put it to her this way. She said, honey, how fast do you read a typical book? And Ellie responded, oh, about a week, maybe a bit more if things are busy, let's say 10 days to be safe. So Monica then asked her how long she planned to be able to read a book every 10 days. Like to what age would you be able to keep up that pace? And Ellie thought for a little bit and she said maybe until she was 80, but really hard to say with eyesight and health issues and energy, etc. So then Monica started calculating and figured out that if Ellie was 51 now and read a book every 10 days for the next 29 years, she had about 36 books a year available to her. And that's only if she didn't take any time off. 36 books a year she said to Ellie, with all the new books coming out every year, with all the amazing books that keep getting written and published every year, are you really going to waste precious reading time rereading books that you've already read? <laughs> it put things into perspective, didn't it? For sure. I love that story. It just, it speaks to me because I have a stack of books beside my bed. And so uh, I, I've started picking them up and just getting on to it. <laughs> what are you going to do 
with your time? And maybe more importantly, what are you not going to do? That is a question I very, very often ask my coaching clients to explore, to write out, to make a list of all the things they know that they don't want in their next season. And just doing that exercise can help clarify those things that you are done with, those things that you don't want in your life if you can choose uh, to eliminate them, the things in your life that you don't want to have, thoughts that you don't need anymore, situations you don't need anymore, etc. And And once you have a clear idea of what you don't want to bring with you into your second half, then you're freed up a little bit more to dream. One of my favorite poets, Mary Oliver, asks this at the end of her poem called The Summer Day. The last line reads this way, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I'm going to read that again. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Ah, Things to ponder. Regardless of what chronological age you are, the season of being in your second half can be a time of reflection, of sense-making, of examining and re-examining where you've been, where you're at right now, and what you might want to do next now that you've got some things accomplished and have checked off a few boxes in your life. What an amazing place to be in. What an opportunity And yes, it can feel very much not like that when you're in the muck of it, especially if you are coming from a place of being on the road to burnout, being burned out or somewhere on the road as discussed in the first three episodes. This can feel absolutely not like a wonderful, amazing opportunity. It can feel overwhelming and there might be regret and fear and all sorts of emotions entangled there because one of the most significant shifts that happens in the second half season, is a shift in priorities. What used to be so important is maybe not as important anymore. Another exercise that I've used in groups before is to ask them what their priorities are right now, and then what their priorities were five years ago, and to compare the lists, because often they've changed even five years ago, even three years ago, your priorities may have shifted. They certainly will have if you go back 10 years or farther. The things that you wanted, hoped for, were working towards the goals, the dreams. Some of them may continue to be on that list, but many, many of them will not be anymore. So priorities can shift. And, uh, and for many of us, our focus begins to shift away from career and achievement and toward things like relationships, spirituality, community, personal fulfillment. And it might be that you are shifting toward a new kind of career, a new kind of job, a new kind of adventure. And the, uh, the, the original dreams and goals can change. And this shift can be liberating. It can allow us to explore new interests and new passions. My mother discovered at age 70 that she can paint. Uh, She'd never painted before other than painting on ceramic pots and, and things for crafts, but she'd never actually painted before. And she, since then, has, as paintings 
that have been in art shows. She sold quite a few. She's turned a lot of them into greeting cards and sold those. But up until that age, she had no idea that she had this artistic talent inside of her. But this shift into this season, the second half season, can also be challenging as we, as I said before, confront the reality of our own mortality, maybe start coming up against the limitations of physical and mental abilities. Uh, there's lots of things that shift as we, uh, as we mature and, and grow. And then there is the question of legacy as we move beyond the, the prime of our careers or what we might consider to be the prime of our careers. And even if we move into a second career or a third career, we might begin to think about what we want to leave behind when we're done, both for our families, for society as a whole, in, in the vocation or the career or the industry that we have had. Do we want to teach something to someone? What do we want to leave? And legacy can take multiple forms from philanthropy and volunteer work to creative pursuits such as writing, or as in my mother's case, her, her art, her painting. You might feel like it's time to write that memoir or to write a book that you've always wanted to write. There might be something, something that you want to try that you've always thought, oh, that would be so interesting to try. And so this would be the time to try it. And you might be listening to this and thinking, I'm not there yet, Jen. And you know what? That is perfectly okay. I'm not there yet either as far as uh, feeling like I'm getting close to, to retirement or feeling like I'm going to stop. I, I keep finding new and exciting and fun things to do. And I am firmly planted in what some might call the second half or the second season myself as far as perhaps age goes, as far as how many careers I've, have, I've had goes. <laughs> uh, people all around me are retiring or making plans to retire. And in many ways, I feel like I'm just getting started. So you might be there as well. Whatever the case, the second half of life, the second season is often a time of deep reflection, of self-discovery, and you might begin to think more about purpose if you are choosing a new direction career-wise. You might be thinking, it's less about having to earn that income. I mean, income's always important, but it's less about that and it's more about, am I going to like doing what I'm doing every day? Because life just gets shorter and shorter, right? You might begin to question the meaning of life and your place in the world. This questioning, this, this place of feeling stuck, this can all be a challenging and sometimes painful process. And it can be also deeply rewarding as you work through it and gain a new perspective on your life, on your work, on your relationships, a new perspective on time itself. The second half, uh, if you are willing to examine it and dig into it, a bit can be an extremely vibrant and rich time of life. I read a statistic recently that one of the most productive times in life can be in the second half of it. And there was actually a study um, by the American Psychological Association that found that individuals in their 60s and beyond 
tend to report higher levels of life satisfaction and well-being compared to younger age groups. So how, how do you get from, from feeling somewhere on the continuum of overwhelm or, or the, the continuum of overwhelm to burn right out? How do you get from there to feeling productive and satisfied with your life? Well, there are a few ways. One is all about what you already know is good for you. I am in the reminder business, so I'm going to remind you of some things that we all know we should be doing, and maybe we aren't. Staying active. Stay active and stay engaged both mentally and physically. This might be the perfect time to try something new. Take up some new physical activity. Maybe something you've never done before. Maybe you want to try martial arts. Maybe you want to try rock climbing. Maybe you want to... Uh, try something that you have just Tai Chi, something you've never tried before. I want to learn how to stand on my head. And that might not sound all that exciting. But let me tell you, I'm finding muscles I didn't know I had. And it's a goal that I've got in mind to work toward is to be able to do a headstand at some point. So is there a a sport or a physical activity that you might like to learn. It might be you want to run a marathon. It might be you just want to get out for a walk in the forest with, with a, your dog on a regular basis. I hear pickleball is popular. I've never played it. I haven't even seen it, but I hear it's a thing. Maybe you've always uh, wanted to take up curling or dancing or gardening. It doesn't matter what it is, but staying active physically has enormous health benefits and can also boost your social life if you find an activity that involves other people. The next thing is eating healthy. Healthy eating, also really key. And so what about learning to cook if you don't cook? I know a woman who spends time taking cooking classes in France every year just because she wants to. Now there's a bucket list item for me, for sure. Social interaction, meeting new people, taking a class and something you know nothing about, all of these things that can help to keep our bodies and our minds active, engaged, in good shape. Being curious being open-minded and willing to try new things and to have new experiences. Just, just even that willingness can add to the richness of this season, as well as can help you find new purpose and meaning in your life. One of the groups of people I work with are the newly retired, who are full of energy it seems, for doing something to give back to their communities. The people that I've noticed who have just recently retired. I have lots of people I work with who have been long retired and are also full of energy and keep saying, oh, I'm busier now than when I, when I was working, right? <laughs> um, but it's all what you put your, what you decide is important to you uh, as to where you put your energy and your time. But I do work with a lot of people who are very, very motivated to give back to their communities. And, and this is something that I want to talk about here because this is one thing, giving back, uh, this, is, this is a thing that can actually pull you out of that stuckness, out of that place of burnout and back into your life. There is scientific evidence that giving to others can be good for you. Studies have shown that engaging in pro-social behavior, 
things like volunteering, it, it can be time, energy, or money, um, donating money to causes that you care about, helping in all sorts of ways can have a positive impact on both your social and your mental health. It could be baking cookies for the neighbor. It could be taking soup to somebody. It could be working, uh, volunteering by knitting toques for newborn babies. There, there's lots of things you could do. It doesn't matter how big or how small, but the giving back and the doing for others is actually scientifically proven to be good for you and to help get you out of thinking about yourself. If you're in that stuck, overwhelmed position, um, one of the best ways to, to get out of that is to go do something for someone else. Uh, research has found also that people who volunteer have lower rates of depression, higher levels of life satisfaction, and lower mortality rates compared to those who don't volunteer. So giving back is actually good for you. Other studies have shown that donating money to charity or to causes that you care about can increase happiness and well-being. And uh, I just read something on social media yesterday, actually, about uh, a person who, and it's somebody I know, on it was on Facebook, somebody I know had uh, been somewhere down in Vancouver and uh, saw a person sitting there and just as he walked by he said how are you doing and the person said not so good and this this person stopped and actually took some time to listen and uh and the person had been a um i can't remember if it was a a welder or had had some kind of a, a heavy duty job had gotten laid off um ended up evicted from their place because they couldn't pay the rent and was having a hard time figuring out how to make ends meet how to even get food money and so this person had this very long conversation with this fellow and then ended up going and getting him a bunch of groceries and giving him a big bag of groceries so that he could go and and make some food wherever he was staying and um, he was just, he was overwhelmed. He was posting on Facebook, not in a bragging kind of way, but just in a way to say how much he had gotten out of the experience, never mind the person who he had given the, the, the time, first of all, the ear to listen, and, uh, and then in the end, some groceries. So it was, um, it, it can do a lot, <laughs> volunteering, uh, is is good for giving, but you also get a lot of satisfaction out of doing it. Uh, scientists have found that helping others can have physiological benefits too, so it can reduce your stress and inflammation in your body, and it can even improve your immune system. How about that? So you don't need to run out and spend all your time volunteering or give away all your money, but if you don't already volunteer anywhere, this might be a good time to start exploring that idea. And there are so many opportunities out there. What is it that you like to do? Do you love animals? There are shelters and sanctuaries all over the place that always, always need help. Do you love people? There are food banks and library storytelling programs and churches and community groups and um, service groups of all sorts of organizations and situations that could use a pair of hands and a willing heart. (laughs) And just doing something even once in a while will broaden horizons, get you meeting new people, and help you uh, help you to be healthier as well. 
And chances are you have a ton of skills and a ton of abilities that you can bring to whatever it is you decide to help with. And, and this is a time to experiment. If you start doing something that, and decide ah, this is becoming drudgery, I don't want to do this anymore, then don't. <laughs> That's the joy of being a volunteer. You can do it for a while. And then if you decide it's really not for you, you can graciously bow out and try something else. You might, uh, you might hop around a little bit until you find something that you do like. And if we're talking about moving into a new job or a new career path at this point, then that's true too. And one of the things I caution my coaching clients about is choosing too quickly. If you are already in a job or a career and you've got the income, you're in that position, but you, you want to make a move, you're bored, you're stuck, you're, uh, you don't like it anymore, you just, you know, you'd rather be doing something else. Um, I, I caution them to really take time to do some exploring and some considering because it's from that position that you can afford to be picky <laughs> and to really design your second season so and design it so that it fits you, fits with who you are now and where you want to be going next. And there's lots of ways that, uh, that I help people do that. But um, if, if you've already got a job, then you're in an awesome position to dream and imagine and and create what it is that you want to do next. We've talked about what the second half of life or the second season is. We've talked about how to start to navigate it, to do some exploring, to get clear on what you want and what you don't want, to experiment with uh, experiment with new things that might be good for your health and for your well-being. Uh, whether it be social or, or career or community or volunteer-based. And now we're coming to that point where I want to talk a little bit about risk. And I want to give you some homework, as I promised, a little challenge if you are up for it. <laughs> so firstly, let me say that by risk, I mean safe risk. I don't mean that you should start base jumping or skydiving. Unless, of course, you already do that or that is something that is on your bucket list like you do you. <laughs> but what I mean with when I say risk is more about pushing the boundaries of your own comfort zone or the beliefs that you have that might be limiting you and therefore might be limiting your life. What what lies have you been telling yourself about what you can't do? We all have them. I can't sing. I can't speak in public. I can't dance. I can't do math. I can't talk to a stranger because I'm too shy. I can't try that food because I've never tried anything like that before and I might not like it. I can't go to the movies alone. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, right? I'm no good at, at fill in the blank. I have never been able to dot, dot, dot. Many of these limiting beliefs that we carry came to us because someone else gave them to us in our younger years. Someone else criticized us or said something that we overheard that hurt our feelings, that limited us and that we allowed to limit us. Some of us have these well-worn grooves in our neurology because we've repeated these beliefs, these limited, limiting beliefs to ourselves for years and years. I can't walk into a room of strangers and strike up a conversation. I have never cooked a turkey. I don't know how to ride a bike or speak another language or memorize a poem or whatever your particular loop happens to be. 
How often have you said that to yourself? How often have you believed it? (laughs) Well, part of creating your next season and part of what can help you to get off that road to burnout is to get yourself into the unfamiliar and to push the boundaries of your comfort zone just a bit or a lot, depending on your personality and your energy levels and your risk tolerance, but to push yourself to see what taking a risk is like. And guess what? You might fail. You might not like eating at a restaurant alone. You might not like saying no the next time someone assumes that you will do something that you don't want to do or whatever small experiment that you choose to play with. And that's okay. The purpose of the homework, the purpose of this challenge is that for the next week or the next couple of weeks, you set the time frame. I challenge you to step out of yourself a bit and to do something new. It could be really small. It could be walk home a different way, drive home a different way, take a different route. (laughs) It could be that simple. It could be watch a show or a movie or read a book that you would never normally choose. It doesn't have to be a major thing. The, the, the idea is to get yourself out of your usual routine or out of your usual pattern of choices um, to stretch yourself a bit, order something different at the coffee shop, whatever it is, whatever you decide, take a risk and see what happens. Take an introductory class for something that you've never done before and just see. And if it works, and if you liked it, please let me know what you did. And then choose something new as well. There is a group of people who have a YouTube channel called Yes Theory, and their motto is Seek Discomfort. And I love watching their channel, and I've even bought a shirt from them because I the whole concept of saying yes more and then seeking the discomfort of trying new things um, take this group of people to the most amazing places. They do some silly things too that are fun to watch, but they do some deep and meaningful things too. And so there's so much on their channel that's rich. They meet people, they have meaningful experiences that they never would have had if they didn't get just a little bit uncomfortable and step out into the possibility. And the whole ethos of the group is one of love and compassion, which is probably why I like it so much. So if you haven't heard of them, I recommend checking them out. And I have absolutely no affiliation with them other than I'm a big fan of what they are doing in the world. So check out Yes Theory on YouTube if you have time um, and want to be uplifted and entertained at the same time. (laughs) So There's your homework for the next week or two. Seek a little discomfort and get yourself out of your usual pattern that clearly isn't working for you anymore. And let me know what things you try. You can email me anytime at info at careersbygen.com. You can leave comments on the podcast platform that you're listening to. You can find me on social media at careersbygen.com. That's Jen with two N's. Um, And if you want some help with this, if you have ever thought about working with a coach to help you get clear on what it is that you want to do next, then you can apply to do so by sending me an email at the same address, info at careersbygen.com and put coaching inquiry into the subject line so that I see it in this uh, inbox that is 
a mess <laughs> full of full of emails. Um, I don't have very many coaching spaces left, but we can connect and see if we are a fit to work together. And so next time, which is probably, I'm not going to say 100%, but probably going to be the last episode of this limited series podcast, we will talk about finding support and resources for career burnout, how to seek out mentors and coaches, how to use online resources and communities, where to find support groups and professional counseling and therapy. We'll talk about what we've learned about navigating the second half of life. And I will offer you some takeaways to help you move from the road to burnout to a thriving second half. So thank you so much for listening, my friend. Please share this podcast with someone you know who needs it. And until next time, take good care of you.